Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for just a short time, about 13 minutes. But even that amount of time helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So being in God's word, even for this short time every day, helps us to stay in touch with our relationship with God, also to stay focused on having a more positive spiritual outlook to be better able to deal with whatever the day throws at us. It also helps us to stay focused on our soul's salvation. Now, you know people in your life, they need to turn their lives around, don't you? They need to turn their thinking around, their focus in life around. They need to grow in their faith. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make that commitment and share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around, grow in their faith, come closer to God, and ultimately get to heaven. And that'll be a great blessing for them, no doubt but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing every day these short studies with everybody you can. We're talking about distracted driving on the straight and narrow way. Well, we began by looking at Jesus' teaching about the pathways through life. There are only two to choose from. One is broad and wide, no holds barred, no restrictions, no speed limit, like going down an eight-lane highway, as I try to describe it, and whatever you want to do, you can do. And that road, though, leads to self-destruction, eternal condemnation and hell. The other road that Jesus lays out for humanity is a straight, narrow way that requires confinement. It requires making sure we keep our eyes on the road. We stay straight on in our lane, and there's only one lane. It's the straight pathway of truth, and truth is always narrow. When you start trying to change the truth even a little bit, it's no longer the truth, and we need to understand that. But that straight, narrow pathway of truth through life, and of course we're talking about God's truth, that leads us to eternal life in heaven. Well, it's really a no-brainer as to which pathway we should choose, is it? The eight-lane highway to eternal condemnation or the straight, narrow pathway of truth that leads us to eternal life in heaven? We know which one we ought to be taking, don't we? But unfortunately, Jesus says in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, that most people are heading down that wrong path, that wrong road. They're heading down that road to self-destruction and eternal self-destruction. And he said only the few are walking down that narrow, straight pathway of truth that leads to eternal life in heaven. But that, see, is not because the choice is really hard. It's not because people don't get to know about the choice. God's word is there for all of us. Jesus said in Matthew 11 and verse 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He went on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, the the problem is that people make bad choices. The pathway of self-destruction is easy to follow. 
do whatever you want to do, but you pay the consequences ultimately, not only along the way, but the worst consequence is the end, eternal self-destruction. They don't want to make the commitment because a commitment means I've got to stay focused. I've got to stay committed consistently on taking that pathway of God's truth that leads to eternal life in heaven. Somehow they put out of their minds the ultimate consequence of not following God faithfully through Jesus Christ on a consistent basis. Well, distracted driving down the straight and narrow. Everybody faces this particular challenge, every one of us. Now, we've talked about driving behind the wheel of a car or a truck or some other kind of vehicle, and we get distracted by things around us. Sometimes we get distracted by our cell phone. We end up being in dangerous situations, maybe even in accidents, because we have been distracted. And before we got our focus back where it should be and driving carefully down that street or that road or that highway, whatever it might be, uh, we ran into an accident. Well, that's unfortunate, but that's reality, and so we need to be extra careful. And listen, I'm talking to myself as much as to anyone else along this line. But we also need to be even more careful as we chart our course through life to make sure that we stay on that pathway that is straight and narrow because it is the pathway of God's truth. Martha, in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, she and her sister Mary and their brother Lazarus became close friends of Jesus while he was going through his ministry in physical form as a human being, a man on this earth. In verse 38, it happened as they went, as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also was at, sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. In other words, Mary, and I think we probably are understanding that Martha at least began, along with her sister Mary, to listen to Jesus teaching the gospel. That incredible message of forgiveness and salvation through him as the Savior that God the Father sent him from the throne room in heaven to this earth to communicate to mankind while he lived on this earth in physical form. But something happened along the way. Verse 40 says, Martha was distracted by much serving, Lord, and, and, she and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So Martha and we might even get her a sense that maybe Martha is mildly rebuking Jesus, <laughs> if you can imagine that, because he has not noticed that Martha got up and Mary did not get up to help her fix a meal. Well, apparently Martha took that on herself to fix the meal, but she expected her sister to get up and help her, and she did not. She sat there still at Jesus' feet listening to him teach the gospel. Martha was upset, and so she calls upon Jesus. Don't you see she's not helping me? Tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, Martha should have learned her lesson at that point, 
and probably sat down next to her sister and listened to Jesus teach some more. Now, was preparing a meal a bad thing? No, she was being thoughtful, but it was not necessarily the most important thing at that particular moment in time. The Lord was in her house teaching God's word, and she was distracted, distracted, and I remember what we're talking about, distracted driving on the straight and narrow. She was distracted because she got caught up in fixing a meal, and perhaps even more distracted because she got upset with her sister that she wasn't getting up and helping her fix that meal. Well, Martha was distracted by, was distracted by responsibility as she perceived it in her mind. And that was somewhat misguided responsibility as she perceived it because the more responsible thing would have been for her to continue to listen to Jesus teach. The Savior was in her home and she was more focused on preparing a meal than listening to the message of salvation. Martha was also distracted by short-sightedness. She was distracted by thinking of, of what should I do right now in this particular moment in time? Uh, I've got to be hospitable. I've got to fix a meal. Well, think of Martha looking back on the memory of that day. Later in her life, maybe as a, an elderly woman, sitting in that same kitchen a quarter century later, Jesus had been back in heaven for many years by that time. But she can still see his quiet smile. She can still sense his presence there because she remembers it in her mind's eye. He was there with her, her sister, and, her, and their brother. And so she might close her eyes and kind of put herself back in that setting 25 years before. She thinks back to that autumn of AD 32. Jesus was approaching the end. He was not too far away from going to the cross. Now, little did she know it then, but six months later, he would be dead on that cross. He would be put in the tomb. Seven months later, he would be back in heaven. She had the opportunity to be with him right then, to listen to all that he had to teach, but she was more focused on preparing a meal. No, I know later she came to see her mistake. I think probably even that very day. But at that moment, she probably would remember that moment for the rest of her life. Oh, to hear his voice again. To be able to sit with him and listen to just one more sermon or one more Bible lesson. To ask his advice. To express her gratitude to him for his death. But those opportunities were gone. Oh, she could still pray and thank the Father for sending his son to that cross. But to be in his presence while still alive physically on this earth, that opportunity was gone. How deeply she might regret that day from long ago when he came to visit in her house for the first time, it would seem, and she stayed in another room or maybe another part of the room fixing a meal instead of sitting at his feet with her sister and listening to him teach. When she rebuked him, perhaps, maybe mildly, tell, Mar tell Mary to get up and help me. Oh, she must have very possibly regretted her statements along that line. 
later on in her life. It was a rare treat for Jesus to visit. Only a few people on earth ever had that privilege to have him into their home in physical form. And Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, but then she neglected to take the greatest advantage offered to her as he was there. Well, again, she repented of that, I think, from the further accounts of the times that she and her and her brother and sister spent with Jesus. But, but at that moment, that still must have caused her pain later in life. And, you know, we all experience those kinds of, oh, just misguided, emotional, perhaps directed actions in our life when we think back later and we think, well, I could have done better. I could have done better. Why didn't I take advantage of that time better than I did? Well, as we look back on it in retrospect, Martha was distracted by short-sightedness. Thinking one thing was more important than the most important thing that was before her on that day, and that is her Lord teaching her the gospel right in her own home. Praise God, she learned better later. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us your word to guide us in the best life that we can live because your word guides us in your will. And it guides us to the greatest opportunity, and that is eternal life, the greatest hope, forgiveness, and salvation, and the home with you in heaven forever. Boy, people need this, Father. Help them to open their eyes and see, to open their hearts and accept, and to open their lives and embrace and obey. We pray, Father. We pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father, when we err. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.